Alright, what's up guys? So this is the first, you know, real meeting with the client. We're gonna go over the diet plan. You know, it's just a generic plan that you can pretty much adapt to whatever you want and you can go as specific or as vague as you want on it. And uh if you follow this plan, you know, you'll I pretty much guarantee that you'll lose weight uh and you'll be able to achieve your goals. So I call this the one the one X uh, choice plan. So, uh, so you do one step, and then you make X decisions throughout the day, and you will achieve whatever your goal is. Uh, so, step one is to cut out snacking. So, snacking is notorious because uh, I'm based in America. So, snacking is a terrible habit for Americans. Um, so, the most, mostly because people don't really count snacking as uh, as part of their diet so they have quote-unquote hidden calories throughout the day because they don't think oh it's just a bag of chips you know I don't I don't need to add that and they'll forget about it if they if they're actually trying to monitor it you know stuff like that and most of the time it's something like chips or muffins or uh, cupcakes or cookies stuff like that that's generally not healthy uh, so you gotta so you gotta cut this out uh, so you need to cut it out because usually the person is uh, experiencing thirst and they mistake it for hunger and so uh, most people are dehydrated so they need to get the extra water anyway so part of this is you'll cut out snacking but you want to substitute in water so you'll you'll have something in your stomach and you're you're answering what your body actually needs uh, with the water instead of filling it with you know usually snacks that are high in carbs sugar and sodium uh, which are all linked to obesity, heart disease, and uh, high blood pressure. So those are something that, you know, obviously you want to cut down as much as you can because, you know, again, I'm in America, and carbs, sugar, and sodium are in everything. Uh, so it's actually pretty impressive when you start looking at all of that stuff, how much is in there. So the other thing that snacking does is it limits, once you just mentally, you're like, all right, no snacking, absolutely nothing. It limits how many decisions you make in a day, uh, which will cut down on your decision fatigue and uh, all of that stuff. So let's say you're fighting throughout the day to not eat snacks or you're choosing every time you get up from your workstation, you're choosing whether to eat healthy snacks or eat unhealthy snacks. You'll have decision fatigue. So then by the time you get off of work, you're heading home and you realize you don't have a healthy meal prepared at home and you're super hungry because you're sticking to your diet. Uh, you know, it's super easy to just turn off and be like, oh, I'm going to get five dollar burger at burger king or mcdonald's or whatever it is right then and there because it's you know five minutes five dollars you're good to go but it's an you know that's an unhealthy decision that probably only happens because you have decision fatigue uh so i think it was einstein would wear the same outfit every day because he didn't want to waste the brain power on trying to decide on what clothes to wear um, so that was, that's just a, a little neat tidbit about decision fatigue. So he wanted to save the mental power for important things. Um, so that's kind of what we're trying to do by cutting out snacking. You're just, you're just getting rid of snacking so you don't have to waste the mental, um, the mental strength on choosing or fighting off that temptation. So the X part, so that's step one. So the X part comes in how many, uh, choices you have to make 
once you cut out snacking, you know, in reference to being healthy. So if you're trying to lose weight, I would advise uh, at most three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then to work out, you know, once, once or twice a day. And if you're just starting out, you know, you can do two workouts a day, but I would say like, do like a resistance training, you know, lightweight, don't overstress anything, don't hurt yourself because you got to be consistent and part of being consistent is showing up and you can't do that when you're injured. Um, so I would advise if you're doing like resistance training and then you want to go for like a 30 minute walk, you know, I would count that as a workout if you're not used to doing that. So like myself, I do two workouts a day and then I guess you could count it as three because if I'm doing two resistance workouts and then I take my dogs for, you know, a 30 minute walk, you could count that as exercise. So, uh, but the X comes into how many healthy choices you're making a day. So I would say at most you'll make seven or eight healthy uh, decisions, health related per day. So let's say you're eating five meals a day and you work out twice uh, or maybe three times. So then you're making seven or eight healthy decisions a day. And that's for, I mean, that's basically what Mr. Olympia does is they eat, you know, yeah, five to six, maybe seven or eight meals a day and then work out two or three times. So uh, Mr. Olympia is really only making 10 decisions every day on whether to be healthy or not. And that's connected with their job and income as well. So, but for this virtual client that's just starting out, it's probably going to be more like, it's probably going to be four or five, most likely just four. Cause you'll have, uh, actually probably three or four because you'll have three meals a day no snacking and then you probably won't be working out every day so some days you'll have three healthy decisions to make and some days you'll have four and that's it and everybody can make four healthy decisions a day you just got to put in the mental fortitude to skip snacking so that you can focus all that mental strength on that so um, and then here's just some extra points and tidbits that I wanted to add into this because it'll be, you know, it, it kind of goes along with the uh, diet and starting out on exercise. So when you switch your diet and you cut out snacking and you switch to, you know, the three meals a day, know that your body's going to be craving what you've been giving it. So the the human body is great at adapting to whatever the situation is. And then once it gets used to a situation, it doesn't want to change. So you, your body is used to whatever you're doing with it. And with this hypothetical client, that's, you know, sedentary lifestyle and eating unhealthy and not really working out. So that's what your body's used to. And with all the snack food, and even when you try to eat healthy, some of the stuff is uh, misleading and it'll be chock full of sugar and carbs and uh, sodium. So your body will be, that's what it's used to. So it'll, it'll take in the healthy food and it's kind of like, Oh, that's nice. I'm going to, you know, not deal with this as well as I can. Cause I'm going to wait for that, you know, pizza or burger or whatever it is. That's the unhealthy variant that you usually give it. So if you go from, so it's usually in the first week or two, if you cut out snacking, switch your diet and start working out, it, I'll, pretty much guarantee it'll happen in the first week because your body would be like, whoa, 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 what's going on? I need, I need the calories that you normally give me and you're giving me this weird stuff. 
um, I need to fight that. So you'll have this craving where you won't be, you won't feel full. And no matter how much healthy food you eat, you won't feel full. Um, and you'll probably have a little bit of stomach pain during that week, but you should count that as a positive because that means your body's saying, Oh crap, uh, you need to give me that old food or I'm going to have to change. And so if you look at it as a positive, it's going to suck. But if you look at it as a positive, you're teaching your body not to rely on the junk food anymore. So your body is going to adjust to eating healthy food all the time. Um, so the next thing I would say, if you're adding in the workout plan, know that you will be sore from the workout plan. You're doing something different from what you've done in the past, or you're adding something new that you haven't done before. So your body is going to be sore from that. Uh, definitely know that if you're sore, it's not the same as being injured. So if you're injured, you need to take it easy, you know, really focus on your diet. Cause then it's really, it's even more important when you're injured, but if you're sore, you should try to try to work through it. And I've got some tips, uh, that we'll go, we'll cover in just a second to try to mitigate that. Um, again, same thing with the, you know, with the cravings from the diet is you should count being sore as a positive. You push yourself past what you normally do and, uh, overstress the muscles. And so as long as you do that consistent consistently, that's how you get, uh, progress. Um, so here's a couple tricks to try to mitigate the soreness. Uh, my favorite Epsom salt baths, they work great and it's a good way to just relax, uh, and do that. So you can get like a little tablet and watch, watch a show or something in there. So you could sit in the Epsom salt bath for 20, 30 minutes and just relax. Uh, another good thing to do is to stretch at night and in the morning. Um, and even if you're not working out, you could just have an, have a, a long stretching session where you go through maybe like a, a, a stretching process twice. Uh, so know that, and you can look up examples of this. So you can do static stretching if you're not working out soon. So you could do that. Like if you work out in the mornings, you could do static after you work out and you could do static when you get home from work and you could do static before you go to bed. So you want to do dynamic stretching before the workout because the static stretching actually uh, has been shown to have a little bit more uh, a higher risk of injury. So like a static stretch for the hamstrings would be like standing and touching your toes or sitting down and touching your toes where you're, you're static, you're not moving and you're, you're, when you're doing the stretch, uh, dynamic is more, it's dynamic, it's moving. So like for the hamstrings, it would be the leg swings forward, uh, where you're, you're moving your body in order to warm it up. Um, so another thing to make sure that you get enough of is sleep when you're, if you're feeling sore or before you feel sore, definitely get enough sleep. Cause that's when you rebuild your muscles. Uh, another thing to do is get enough protein. So protein is you, your body breaks it down to amino acids and then you use those as the building blocks for rebuilding your muscles. So if you don't have enough of those, your body can't rebuild the muscles in the, in, uh, the same amount of time. So it'll take longer. So you'll be more sore. Um, so another thing, when you are sore, do you can do super, super, super light versions of that exercise that cause the soreness. Um, so the main goal is to activate the muscles enough to get 
blood flow to them so that it can remove any of the waste that's in your muscles that's built up and uh, provide new nutrients so that the muscle can recover a little bit quickly, a little bit more quickly. So like say you ran 30 minutes, you can go for a 10 minute walk. Uh, and then uh, obviously add in stretching as much as you can. So if you're sore from maxing out on bench and you did 315, go to the gym and you know put 95 pounds you know and bench that a couple times. You know go through a, a, a couple sets of that. Again, you this shouldn't be. It should be like if you did this instead of your normal workout, you wouldn't feel anything the next day. It should be super light, super easy. And it's just to uh, mentally activate the muscles so that blood flow gets there. Um, so know that when you're just starting out, it takes about three weeks. It's like 21, I think it's 21 to 28 days for something to become a habit. So know that it's going to take about that long for something to be a habit. So plan on being super consistent, super dedicated to something for about three weeks and then you should be able to mentally kind of coast on the habits and then you can focus more of your mental power on, you know, researching stuff or intensity during the workout, stuff like that. Um, so, and then, you know, one of the main things you want to do is just focus on yourself and focus on getting a little bit better every day. You know, if you're super sore, you know, from doing a leg workout or running or whatever on your walk, listen to a podcast and try to, you know, research stuff and uh, become mentally better than you were the other day. You know, it doesn't just have to be physical. Like that's what we'll mainly focus on. You know, maybe do a yoga session where you focus on, uh, a, it, use it as a kind of form of meditation. You can work on your social and, and emotional wellness as well. Um, so it, it, while it is mainly for physical, you can use it for any of the other things that are going on in your world. Um, okay, last two. I'll do uh, food tracker apps. So I would re I use and I recommend MyFitnessPal because uh, unfortunately, food tracker apps is kind of you have to get the popular one because that's when that's where most of the food entries will be. So if you eat something. Uh, then most likely someone else has eaten it and you can just add it in that way. Uh, but also know that calorie trackers only approximate how many calories you burn throughout the day and how many calories are in your food. Um, so another good tip, definitely get a food scale. They're like 10, 15, $20 on Amazon and it will be eye opening <laughs> when you first use that. Cause you'll think, you know, you, you're eating, you know, half a cup of something and then you actually measure it and it's two cups or a cup and a half or something like that. And you'll think, oh, I'm eating. Uh, so like when you make chicken, you're like, oh, I'm eating eight ounces of chicken. This is amazing. And really it's only four ounces. Uh, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. Um, so, and then uh, once you get used to it, then you can kind of estimate it or, you know, like I'll do where I'll measure something out for like a smoothie or something. And then I'll mark on the, the blender cup where I need to fill up each thing. So that way the next time I come out, I don't have to get the, the cup measuring thing out, uh, to measure it. And I can just kind of speed through it and, and know that if you don't exactly measure it out, it's going to be off a little bit, but, uh, I, 
factor that in and I accept that when I'm doing it. So I would say for, uh, for the first three weeks, definitely measure everything and anything that you're eating. If you can't measure it, then you shouldn't eat it. And, uh, that means you're probably out eating something that's unhealthy. So, uh, I would measure it meal prep. Uh, you could set out a day. Most people do, uh, Sundays is their like meal prep and rest and recovery day. So you can do meal prep for the whole week and measure everything out in one day. And then you're good to go for that week. You just grab it and heat it up. Uh, one pitfall to watch out for, for food is, uh, protein shakes and protein bars. So most of them taste really good and they taste really good because they have a lot of sugar in them. Um, so honestly, I would recommend staying away from protein shakes and protein bars when you're just starting out, uh, try to get all of your food just from actual food, real food. Uh, and my outlook on this is that, uh, protein shakes, protein bars, pre-workout, stuff like that. Those are supplements and they're called supplements for a reason. They're supposed to supplement your food and kind of add in that little bit you might be missing or add in, you know, if you're working out a lot, it may add in creatine that you can't get enough of from, you know, red meat or chicken or whatever, where you're getting the creatine. Um, so it's stuff like that. So the, the, analogy that everybody uses is that supplements are like a supercharger on an engine. And if you have a crappy engine, you could put a supercharger on it, but it's not really going to work that well. So you want to get your engine in really good shape. I, you know, get your diet and exercise plan dialed in and have that on point. And then when you add the supercharger or the supplements, then you'll get better results from it. Um, so, and I would, I would advise because a, your this virtual clients just starting out. So they don't really need the supplements to see results, especially in the beginning. Um, another thing for diets, I would say, weigh yourself mo- no more than once a week at the beginning and weigh yourself in the same time on the same day each time. So I usually do Sunday mornings. So I'll get up go to the bathroom and then weigh myself and know that that's going to be the lightest I'll weigh probably all, definitely all of that day and possibly all of that week, depending on what I ate Saturday evening. Uh, so know that your weight fluctuates throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, um, depending on how much, how much you drink, how hydrated you are in the morning, how much you exercise, and most importantly, how much stress you have. So, uh, stress can undo a ton of things. So this goes back to, uh, focusing on that emotional and social well-being, you know, mental well-being, you know, you need to get that situated because you could diet, exercise, and do everything you're supposed to and have no underlying health conditions other than being overweight. And if you're super stressed, you could see zero results from that, even though you're doing everything the right way. So you got to definitely got to handle the stress because that when that cortisol goes up, I mean, man, it's super difficult to make advancements when you're doing that. Um, another thing when, uh, depends on the client. Uh, but if we're doing resistance training for the first time, they may build muscle before they lose fat. And so if you weigh yourself and you're going up in weight, even though you're exercising, you're dieting, you know, everything's going great, but your weight keeps going up. You know, you may be building muscle underneath the flat, the fat and, you know, down the road, it'll help burn off that fat even faster. 
but it may be disheartening and, you know, it, it may dissuade the person from doing those exercises and sticking with the plan when they're about to make this great progress. Um, so I, I kind of take it or leave it with the weighing. Just don't put a lot of stock in that, especially initially. Um, once you start losing weight, then you can kind of assess what works and what doesn't work and, you know, what your goal is and how, how close you are on track to that. Um, so the next thing is workout trackers. Uh, so know that if you're just doing a generic app, that's like, Oh, you know, like you can enter workouts into my fitness pal and just be like, Oh, I did weight training for X amount of minutes. And just know that that's a generic one. So it may be, it may be a higher estimate than what you burn. It may be a lower estimate than what you burn. Like for myself, when I go run, I guarantee you, uh, cause my fitness pal does it by speed and I suck at running. I'm real slow. Um, but my heart rate is up the whole time. So like it'll set like my fitness pal said, I burned like a hundred calories on a 30 minute run, but my watch is tracking it. And it says I burned like, you know, two fifty. you know, so it could be off by that. Cause it's just a generic aggregate of what everybody does. Um, so another thing to consider is if you're wearing a watch like a Fitbit or an Apple watch, so know that those are really only good at uh, like endurance monostructural movements, one structure, like biking, running, elliptical, you know, stuff like that. And know that even in that case, they're using what's called an optical heart rate sensor where it uses light. And so when you sweat, if you have sweat between the watch and your wrist, which is likely, uh, that that's going to alter the uh, light wave so it'll get a, an inaccurate reading on your heart rate. So I switched from the Fitbit to the Apple Watch because with the Apple Watch you can add a Bluetooth heart rate tracker. So I use a chest strap whenever I'm using my Apple Watch for like runs or walks or anything like that because the chest strap reads uh, electrical signals. And so by sweating on that it actually becomes more accurate by having the uh, sweat on the sensors and you can connect that to your Apple watch. Um, so, and then when I do my resistance or weight training, I just do it through the app and I don't wear my watch because I know that the generic estimate is going to be lower than uh, what I'm actually burning. And I know by combining that with a lower uh, calorie estimate through my fitness pal that that'll help me lose weight. Um, so, and I mean, it's not off by a lot. So it's like, I don't know, a hundred calories for a 45 minute workout where I might burn, you know, 150, 200 calories, something like that instead. So it's not super off, but I know that it's off a little bit. Um, and I would rather look at and have a number that's lower than what I burn uh, as opposed to having a number that's higher and me overeating and then not seeing the results and getting frustrated like that. Uh, and definitely last point for this, you know, second meeting with the client is know that there's no perfect plan. So, uh, just find a plan that you think you'll enjoy and focus on form, then intensity, then volume. So uh, just know that there's no perfect plan. The perfect plan does not exist. Uh, so you just need to pick one and then find uh, 
you know, note what you like and don't like about that workout. Note whether you're sore or not. Um, so like if you're doing overhead tricep extension and your elbow hurts, note whether, you know, you did something with your arm yesterday to make it sore and that's why it's sore or note that you didn't do anything with your arm yesterday and maybe just the overhead extension, your shoulders are a little tight. So you're putting more stress on the elbow. So maybe the overhead extension isn't the best for you. You know, maybe you need to do a, a cable push down instead. Um, so you can do little adjustments like that. Uh, and then, you know, just try to record how you feel about these workouts as best you can. Um, and then, like I said, just make notes on what you're doing and how you feel about those exercises. And, uh, definitely, definitely focus on form first, because again, the most important thing is consistent consistency and you can't be consistent if you don't show up and you can't show up if you're hurt. So you need to be healthy first and foremost. Uh, last thing I want to leave you guys with is know that nobody comes out of the womb knowing anything about fitness and health. Everybody started from zero. And so if I know more than you, it's only because I've put in the time and I can teach you how to look up the articles and research everything so that you can become just as, if not more knowledgeable. And it's not like I'm an end all be all. Uh, so you can, meet or surpass anybody in any field when it comes to knowledge you just need to put in the time and the effort and uh since you're here you're ready you're willing and uh and i will show you how to be able to do that so that's about it for this meeting um so next we'll probably go over the top fitness questions and i'll just give you my answers for that um and then after that, we'll probably just go over a generic plan that I would put together for this client and uh, note where there may be changes or uh, alterations depending on what your goals are and stuff like that. So uh, that's about it for today. You guys have a good one.